Ready? I'm, we're actually rolling right now. Oh. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. And I'm Vince. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody, to episode 44. Heck, yeah. I forget how many episodes that is. 44 is a ton. We're coming up on the old 5-0. I remember when I started, I was like, I want to get to 15 episodes. That's my goal. I want to get to 15 before I quit this hobby. And <laughs> we're at 44. Here we are, 44. Along with all these people. Yeah. What made me realize Unexpected. how many episodes it was is that, so everyone knows, we have a new feature on our website where uh, it's a Google map where you can see which lighthouses we've covered. So you can like look through the world and our, we have little pins where we've covered Super lighthouses. Cool. Yeah. And then if you click on a pin, uh, you can, there, it comes up with a link that you can use to follow to Google so that you can see like reviews and their website and all that cool stuff. That's awesome. I'm glad it also runs through Google because I feel like yeah. they're my favorite for the moment. Yeah. They, so they got it going on. They got the most going on. But I can't figure out how to make the map fill the whole screen on mm -hmm. a computer. So it's just like this little it's screen. Like a window. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like a little window in the middle of a big screen. I don't know how to fix that. I'm not very tech-savvy. Tech well, I was supposed to do this uh, maybe six-plus months ago. Oh, that was my Yeah, no, yeah, because you, you sent me a link, like, the beginning of it, yeah. and there was only three on there. Yeah, because it would, yeah. Yep. And so Emily did it. It was labor-intensive. Because you can't directly embed Google Maps into your website. You have to do it, like, a roundabout way with Google custom maps or something like that. Mm. So anyway, that's on our website. You guys should check it out. It's pretty cool. Just kind of fun to click around and see where we've covered. I don't think we're really heavy on any location yet. Like, Which is great. It's not like we have a ton in California or a ton in Maine or anything. It's just kind of spread out. They are mostly on the coast. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good one. In Michigan area. Yeah, we did do a lot of Michigan. But we like those people, so... <laughs> So, I'm going to jump into the history buoy. My first history buoy of the year. Wow. First history buoy in actually, I think, a while. I've failed spectacularly. You did invent the history buoy, so. Yeah. If I wanted to, we could just stop doing it all together. But I think we should stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it today? It's day marks. So, we're going to talk about um, day marks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What is that? <laughs> so... Technically, all lighthouses are day marks, but not all day marks are lighthouses. That's kind of the vibe I'm going with here. That's the energy. Yeah. The energy you're bringing to 2024. So a day mark is basically just a constant identifiable structure that is like used as an aid to navigation. So mm. they have like most day marks are not lit day marks. It's just like during the day, if you see this, they just covered a bunch of them on the United States um, Lighthouse Service podcast, okay. uh, Lighthearted. Yeah. They didn't cover a bunch of them, but they talked to a guy who's, that's his specialty. So a lot of day beacon stuff. His, he's like a historian specialist or like, a, he I don't know. Paints? I didn't listen to it. So day marks, uh, I might be interrupting you. I yeah, you not. are. Go ahead. Day marks are, <laughs> sorry, the cat did something. Um, the paint that's on a lighthouse, right? Like the, like the pattern. Or is it more to it? No. It's about it. 
And moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Well, so what I wanted to ask, the way that you'd worded it was that day marks are things you can see that aren't necessarily lit. Yeah. And so a lighthouse, the tower itself is a day mark, mm-hmm. but not all day marks are lighthouses. Yeah. So what, what other items can be used as day marks? Is this for all like nautical navigation or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Day marks are just, especially nautical navigation will just be, like I mentioned, it's like a non-lit structure of some kind that you yeah. use to pinpoint where you're going. Like, I don't have a bunch of examples of those because we're talking about lighthouses. Like, I'm just trying to talk about lighthouses. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing me off my game. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So the effectiveness of a day mark varies depending on like color and stuff. And lighthouses, because they're more for nighttime navigation, their day beacon or their day day mark may not be as like impactful, you know? Yeah. Like they're not always going to be a bright. Uh, otherwise, we'd have like neon pink lighthouses yeah. or something. But in this case, a lighthouse's day mark is its pattern or color. So the United States uses solid colors, single bands, two to eight stripes, and spiral bands, as well as diamonds and just like plain brick. Two to eight stripes. I swear I've seen, oh, I'm stupid. I was going to say some one stripers. Yeah. But inherently, if you put a stripe, then there's another stripe at least above well, or below. Well, I am talking, I said single band oh, and oh. then two to eight stripes. And the eight stripes, if you put nine, I swear to goodness, I'm coming down there and what, what are you talking about? getting rid of one of those stripes. Why, oh. why, why eight as a maximum? The eight is actually West Quaddy Lighthouse, which we covered. The Where's Waldo Lighthouse. Yes, exactly. Very nice. So and you said lighthouses. If you get any of, more striperier, it would be couldn't be any more out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder because West Quaddy Lighthouse is not that tall. Uh uh-uh. uh So I wonder what the thickness. We could do the math on those bands. Is oh, assuming they're equivalent. I said it in my episode how thick the bands oh. were. I can't remember. It was like thick. Three it was feet. It was thicker than I thought. I don't think it was three feet, but okay. it was. It was like in pictures. You're like, oh, it's just like you know a couple inches. Yeah. So they're, our they're new, um, I'm sorry, caffeine's just coming for me. You were our, like this before you started drinking coffee. Uh, sure. Our new logo, yes, which is a lighthouse in the shape of an L for yes. use, use who haven't seen it. Yes, it's the lighthouse is an L it's and then dope. there's another L. So it's the LL. I, I like that a lot. Oh, thank you. Literally. What were you going to say? Um, I see our day mark is, well, how would you describe it? What would you call that? That's diamond. With diamond. What colors? Blue. <laughs> I thought maybe you had like a special name for it. No. That's Lighthouse Lowdown Blue, Vince. Come on. It is. With Lighthouse Lowdown Black next to it. Or is that navy? That's the navy. L. So it is blue. It's two blues. Yeah. All right. Sorry, folks. Getting distracted. What is our flash pattern? How could you ask me that question? I haven't thought about it. We don't even know yet. I'm definitely going to say that we have a red... Beacon. Oh. Because those are our favorites. Oh, alternating red and white. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's an emergency. It's an emergency, everyone listen. We're not talking about the light, okay? We're talking about (laughs) Daymar. All right, all right. Do houses ever have Daymarks? Like lighthouses, of course, but the house for the light, like the keeper's quarters. Yes, actually. Sometimes the keeper's cottage is what distinguishes it from other lighthouses. Like whenever they have a red tin roof, that's usually it's. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So usually day marks need to stand out really well against their backgrounds, um, which is usually sky, cliff, or rocks. Sometimes trees. 
Like Quaddy. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Trees. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but also it would be more, mm, it would be sky because you'd be looking at it from below and so that would explain trees. that would explain why blue is not seen on lighthouses, oh, yeah. as well as I like actually wrote that forest green. Oh know. no, I, I didn't write that, but I was going to point out that that's I said this in a past episode, but that's why I made our our logo blue is oh, because cool. it's not something you would see in in an actual. Oh, lighthouse. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I really like it though. They should we should make one Good. maybe in the I, front yard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you to that. <laughs> So I'm thinking of um, Ocracoke's Big Fat White Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of our, our trip to the Outer Banks yeah. last September. Is that two Septembers ago? Two Septembers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the diamond pattern, which is Cape Hatteras. Um, no, no. Cape Lookout. Whoa. We didn't get to Cape Lookout. That's no. right. Hatteras was the Spirally. famous spiral, the yeah. barbershop spiral. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are also interesting. We covered this before, but remind me. Those are also interesting because they need to differentiate from one another. And it's a really lighthouse-heavy area. That's true for all lighthouses. And actually, I'm going to point out something here in a second. You would just quit talking. I'll just relax. (laughs) So my next point was that lighthouses need to differ from the ones around them in some recognizable way, like adding a red roof to Keeper's Cottage or something. (laughs) (laughs) So you took my only example. That's exactly what I was going to say. I know. You coming in here. Do you want to do it? No, I just love being here. Can't be mad at you for that. <laughs> so so an example I was going to use was Mackinac, which was the episode, mm-hmm. our last episode, episode 43. We did old Mackinac Point Lighthouse. And McGulpin Point Lighthouses are only a couple miles away from each other, which is really unusual for lighthouses. That serve the same purpose. They do the same thing. They're like, here's the narrowest point. Like from here, you're, it's going to open up. Yep. So they have to be identified from each other so that you know whether or not you're looking at Mackinac or McGulpin. But it's an interesting point that they look extremely similar aside from McGulpin has a, like a little skinny red band just underneath the lantern room on the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And, and other than that, they're the same in every way. So it's like very little differentiation between the two, but there's still a way to tell them apart. And it's not as important to figure out which one's which because they're so close together and they're the terrain doesn't change between them. Like right. they're, they're not serving any other purpose than like whenever you look at Cape Hatteras and Body Island, you can't mix the two of them up. Like you cannot because Cape Hatteras is warning of Diamond Shoals, which is the graveyard of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And Body Island is like, hey, there's an inlet. Come on in here. Like, you can't mix those two up. That's why they're so, like, things. Yeah. One is, one is intended to pull you in. One's intended to stay yeah. away. Lighthouses that serve different purposes really have to be different visually from each other at night and during the day, which is why their day marks are so different. But then you have a lighthouses right next to each other, and it's like, they don't have to be that different. Yeah. They that's, usually are, but. That's so interesting. Like, I think most people who are like lighthouse tourism, something that keeps coming up on my mind. We're talking about a trip coming up. But most people who are, I guess almost everyone who's involved with lighthouses um, are casual observers. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to go see one, it's like we have neighbors here that have, they have a lighthouse stained glass in their window. 
and we asked them about it and they said, well, yeah, we went to see one lighthouse as kids with our family and that was the one. And I don't know. And I said, is it Cape Hatteras? Cause it's the, the spiral pattern. Yeah. And they said, Oh, I'm not sure where, where's that at? And it, you know, we're the people to ask among other people, yeah. but uh, most common people who are traveling and seeing a lighthouse, mm-hmm. I think they see a pattern. And if it's something like Cape Hatteras, it's really memorable. Yeah. And they may not think about why it's that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think most people know this history buoy. I think that's yeah. interesting. Most people who are, know lighthouses would know. Yeah. Of you course. know, the general idea. But yeah. They don't just. We've do been talking about this for what, a year and a half? The U.S., I think most of our lighthouses are white. I think that's probably true everywhere. Most lighthouses mm-hmm. are just white, and that's fine. But it's always fun when there's some color introduced. Like Cape Lookout is a favorite for most people because of the diamond pattern. And there's it's another cool. lighthouse that has diamonds, same color and everything. Yeah. Diamond Lady or something like that? I know. I've, I don't know if we talked about it, but I've seen it. I've, I've looked into it at some point. I'm going to look it up really fast. It's not. I want to say it's not as grand, but it looks very similar to Lookout. Uh, uh-huh. a Diamond Lady is Cape Lookout. Oh, it's the <laughs> Diamond Lady. Yeah, that's so funny. I'm like, oh. we should know these things. Well, no, this is that's how this is how we learn. Well, is there another? Would you uh, would you search <gasps> I that share? I mean, I'm sure there's another one that shares. There's the Lighthouse Lowdown. They <gasps> we share. We have same a Diamond pattern. pattern. This may be the only lighthouse with diamonds. Well, if anybody knows of yeah, any other lighthouses know. that have diamonds, let us know because we love them. Cape Lookout. Is that the one? I think we were talking to someone at Ocracoke, uh-huh. like one of the guides. Yeah. And he was telling us about laying down like beside Cape Lookout. Did I tell you that? Were you? I, I don't was know there, but I can't remember what he was saying. Maybe we talked about it later and I recalled yeah. it later or something. But he was saying like... You could oh, lay down and like it's hear the one the he ocean. took pictures of uh, after yeah. it had flooded and it was like reflected in the water. Yeah, yeah, awesome photos. Very cool. Yeah, but so anyway, I, I don't have the complete story. That's also North Carolina. That's yeah. I think is that technically Outer Banks? An Outer Banks lighthouse? Yeah, they all all of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In my my knowledge, the mm-hmm. whole Kitty Hawk all the way down to Hatteras, Ocracoke, yeah. and. Kitty Hawk, hang on. Curatuck is all the way up there. Curatuck Beach. Curatuck's the, the top, right? Yeah. Okay. The top. The top. You know, the, up, the up area. there. Up at the top of the map. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. That's my history of buoy. Good history buoy. The episode that we're doing today is over Split Rock Lighthouse. And there's actually two, one in Minnesota and one in New York. But the one that we're talking about today is Minnesota. I just came from Minnesota. Cool. We're in Minnesota. I flew into Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. Oh, okay. And then I drove to Rochester. Where is that? Um is Rochester North? was it's inland. Okay. It was southeast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, southeast of Minneapolis St. Paul. Nice. Area. So I don't I don't know Minnesota, but Yeah. I had some good food there. So anyway, sorry, okay. I derailed it. But it's on the north shore of Lake Superior mm. and pretty far west on the lake, so <laughs> for those of you who aren't here she is pointing and gesturing with her hands yeah and for me like to you it's going to be on the opposite side i'm like motioning you know up there you know up in there give me a second i'm opening my maps we won't have it on screen but everyone else will already know yeah. we're the ones who are learning 
like north of Minneapolis, you go up to Duluth, which is on the coast uh-huh. of, of Lake Superior. Yeah. And then way up the far side is Thunder Bay, which is Canadian side. Cool. Um, I'm talking about going on a motorcycle ride up there. Oh, no way. So I mentioned you might want to go along to see the lighthouses. I can't ride a motorcycle. Yet. I don't want to. Well. What else do you have to say? <laughs> you could follow us in a car. <laughs> you, can, you can carry all the stuff. I'll be in a moped. The medical supplies. I'll just be a day behind you. So, yeah, there's. I'm getting distracted with my map here. Oh yeah, so get out of there. Really cool. So split cool rock. Area. Normally, when you hear rock like Eldred Rock or Standard Rock, they're always like on an island or a crib or something like in the middle of some body of water. But for split rock, we're talking about a cliff side. So that's kind of fun. Oh, cool. Oh my gosh. I already saw this photo on accident and I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And the lighthouse itself is not super short. I'm pretty sure it's uh, 50 something feet tall. Oh my gosh. That's a heck of a cliff. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's people standing there. Yeah. So like, it seems like this cliff like isn't that tall, but man, it's tall. It's a big cliff and it's right on the edge. Beautiful stone too. Yeah. Super fun. November 28th. I, I usually don't show the lighthouse right off the bat, but I wanted you, I wanted to, to show you the cliff. Big so splash. Cool. Someone actually did a stained glass piece of this, and it was one of my favorites. I took, I remember taking a screenshot of it and being like, oh, this is like the goal. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find it. So, oh, yeah, I can see that really, really pretty because your glass could have texture yeah. that would reflect the rock face and colors. That would be awesome. For those of you who don't know, Emily does stained glass work. Yes, uh, I do. Blue glass works. Is it a website? Uh, No. But it's on Etsy mm-hmm. and Instagram. So check it out. Check me out. But I also got to say, because I'm cracked up on caffeine, <laughs> that little Karen right there makes me very happy. Karen? Oh, that's what they're called. Are you sure? I was <laughs> <laughs> referring, Karens are, in, in nature, they used to occur, and maybe it's called something different, but usually they're used on like hiking trails to oh, mark. Oh, as markers. Like there was one point, we I got to go on a, I'm sorry, I'm derailing you. Got yeah, to go on a, go too far. a backpacking trip in Alaska. Uh-huh. And we I wrote about it to myself that we went through every terrain, mud, sand, forest. And one of them was rock. We were literally on top of solid rock mm-hmm. for like a mile. And so there's no trail. There's worn trail everywhere else. But we don't know where to go on this rock except for stacked Karens that oh. were marked. You're like, follow those. And then you'll, you know, because the, the earth would wear away. Yeah. With hikers, but not the rock. So. That's cool. Anyways. Very cool picture. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) A gift. Vincent approved. November 28th, 1905, a huge storm hit this area, destroying or damaging 29 vessels and killing 36 people. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 What a change. Starting it off strong. All right. The storm was named... Matafa, I think, in honor of a steamship that wrecked during the storm. And I actually read the story about it because I was kind of interested. And it split in two outside Duluth Harbor. <laughs> like, they realized that the storm was getting really bad and they weren't going to make it. So they turned around and were almost into the harbor. And then there was like, I, I think what they said is there was this flood of water out of the harbor. Like, maybe mm. the storm was like pushing water back and forth like this big... Anyway, and so uh, it hit the nose of the ship and pushed it down into the lake, and then it, the like ship was almost vertical. Uh-huh. It's like the Titanic. Titanic, yeah, yep. and uh, broke that way. 
nine crew members died from there because they were in the second half that didn't like one yeah. side. They eventually both sunk, but one side sunk faster than the what, other one. What year? I'm sorry. 1905. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rough couple of years. I know. They were saying one of the guys had to be chopped out of solid ice the next morning to recover his body. That's Lake Superior for you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you think about the impact of these storms, it's not just like, oh, it's it's windy and wavy. It's like, we're talking about solid ice in one day. Yep. So after this, the vice president of the Lake Carriers Association wrote asking for a lighthouse near Split Rock and Lake Carriers Association represent the U.S. flag Great Lakes fleet since 1880. And Mm. these... People move 90 million tons of cargo like through the Great Lakes every year. Awesome. So, so obviously, very important guy, high standing, and needs to be happy. So he said, quote, There is at present no lighthouse on the north shore of Lake Superior between Grand Marais and Two Harbors, and it is extremely difficult to locate Two Harbors in a fog or storm owing to the uncertain variation of the compass on the north shore of Lake Superior due to the vast metallic deposits in that vicinity. And also owing to the dangerous character of the coast all along the North Shore. During the past two years, there have been disasters in this vicinity amounting to over $2 million. End quote. And that was in 1900. In 1900. Yeah. Early 1900s. So what he's talking about is there's, it's the reason why there's so much business booming on Lake Superior is because it had so many ore deposits or like iron Mm. ore. Those deposits messed up compasses. Like they would, they would stop pointing north. And so he's saying they need a lighthouse because of the dangers. That That's really interesting. We, we talked about that before. I think when we talked to Fred Stonehouse, because mm-hmm. um, he's a, for those of you who don't know, he's a Great Lakes lighthouse expert, absolute expert. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I missed why that was important. That's interesting. Yeah. This guy, they want him to be happy. So only two months after this letter, Congress set aside $75,000 to build a lighthouse. And in 1905, that was $2.5 million, over $2.5 million for a lighthouse. It's just wild. Has a nice poker room, pool table, <laughs> yeah, cigar. Underground theater room. <laughs> lighthouse was designed by Ralph Russell Tinkham, and construction started in 1909. And they chose Split Rock for its location. Originally, the area was called Stony Point, and it's 130 mm. feet tall. Nice. Yeah. Why, why did they change the name? Is I think another stony point? when the people who came here the, for the first time, what are they called? It's yeah. not like settlers. It's Native Americans? No. Like Conquistadors. English people. I can't remember. Brits. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. When they came here, they called it Split Rock. And ah. I'm wondering if like from the front or something, it looks broken. Some, I don't know. I haven't been able to find. Rock feature. That yeah. Like shaped like a wedge, you think? Well, <laughs> I was thinking there's a big feature like see that small, smaller segment on the right. Maybe there's a big groove between. Yeah. From where it has split off. Maybe. But I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen it from an angle that's like straight on from the lake. It's always from the side because this is where people can actually take pictures. So. Yeah. And it's a cool photo. It's a great spot. Yeah. It's beautiful. But at the time, Split Rock was the highest lighthouse to be built in the U.S. with a focal plane of 168 feet. Which, it's funny because Cape Hatteras, like even this being as tall as it is, like so high up on Mm. this cliffside, Cape Hatteras still has 30 feet on them when it comes to the focal plane. And Cape Hatteras is like 
eight feet above, yeah, above sea level. On the ground. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That is a big lighthouse. I know. Especially when you're comparing to the height of this, like on a cliff with, with like people with compa- like by comparison yeah. and then a lighthouse on top of that. And it's like, oh yeah, Cape Hatteras is still 30, got 30 feet on that. People. It's like, what? Using people as a scale, assuming they're six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And... They're also in front of the lighthouse. So the force yeah. perspective is that, I guess not force, the perspective is that they're actually larger in scale to the lighthouse yeah. than reality. That's a big cliff. It's pretty wild. And Hatteras is a really big lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So Split Rock was put into service July 31st, 1910. So this is pretty late lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Like most of our lighthouses we see early 1800s or like mid 1800s right so this one's pretty late it's a 7.6 acre station it's a 54 foot tower octagonal made from brick around steel framework and i have a picture for that so old photo of them working on constructing the lighthouse that dude is gutsy i'm saying osha is would get osha was not founded yet (laughs) (laughs) osha was not in the chat this guy's just standing on top of the steel i mean that's like 40 feet above the ground. He would die. Oh. Absolutely die. Yeah. You know what's worse than dying <laughs> is surviving the fall? Yeah. <sighs> he'd hit, I'm pretty sure he'd hit that steel on the way down. Even the scaffolding over here looks pretty precarious. It looks like what you'd see in an old abandoned mine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cool photo. It had a third order bivalve Fresnel lens, which flashed for 0.5 seconds every 9.5 seconds. So it's pretty fast. The tower was actually built to house a second order lens, but when they were nearing completion, the budget only allowed for a third order lens. Mm. So they had to change plan there. It's run by clockwork mechanism. It's had a 250 pound weight uh, that went down the middle of the tower and then it have to be rewound up at the top. Nice. That's cool. There's also an oil storage building and a fog signal house. And the fog signal house was originally... Two six-inch sirens run by air compressed by a 22-horsepower gasoline engine. <laughs> so th- is that the oil storage room, you think, that's shown there? I'm thinking that's uh, housing for construction people or like a storage. They usually build something just for the construction yeah. site. And because another interesting thing is there were no roads going to this lighthouse at this time. So oh. everything... Literally all of the construction materials were brought by water and then hauled up the side of the cliff. That's so cool. Yeah. That's very lighthouse of them. And that actually was true for a long time after this. It took a while for them to actually get like roads over here. Gangster. Yeah. So they also built three two-story keeper's dwellings, each that had a tiny barn behind it. And the dwellings were lined up like each facing out to the lake. It's really cute. Picture. That is so just go. picturesque split and adorable. Rock. Boom. There's your split. Why Why would they build a building right on top of it? <laughs> well, I don't think it's broken as much as it's it just appears permanent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We it's could talk to a structural a, yeah. or civil engineer, but like It appears to be a weak spot. It does. I mean, they're really on the edge yeah, there. Yeah, that bitch is right on the edge of that. I mean, there and there's got to be maybe 1 foot of space between the fence and the cliff and the fence and the house. It's pro- here's the deal. It's not eroding because at least quickly. Yeah. And because it's solid rock, it's not dirt. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably looked like this 
longer than there's been people yeah, there. That's true. But it is kind of uh, unnerving. Yeah. So. <sighs> that looks like a. I'm going to make assumptions. So those are man doors on the houses. So they're three foot wide. So maybe a six to nine foot wide portion of rock that's either worn away due to water or split somehow. That's crazy. You imagine that would be a pretty nice view looking out that window though. Yeah, it would. Gorgeous. (sighs) And look at all the the woods. That's beautiful. Goes on forever. You can see why there wasn't a road here for a while. Oh yeah. So anyway, I think it's a really cute station. All 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 these buildings are part of the... Yeah, keepers it's dwellings? keepers dwelling and then a, a barn behind there. So each one has a, its own barn. They had chickens and stuff. I don't know. I bet you they did. I didn't read anything about livestock. It's living out there. Livestock horror. They're not going to get resupplied very often. Mm. Cool. Everyone has their own barn to take care of. Yeah. They can compare quality and cleanliness with one another. And at, at this point, everything they got was by like a derrick and um, hoisting mechanism. Like, so they would mm. pull things up from the side of the cliff. And so, yeah, they probably didn't get supplies very often. Be hard work going anywhere. I think Beaver Bay is where they went for supplies for a long time. It's like if you keep following the North Shore north, yeah, that's where it would be. Nowadays, there's a highway that runs by this lighthouse. It's 61, Highway 61, mm. or also called Voyager's Lighthouse, uh, Voyager's Highway. Yeah. And Voyager's is a national park. In Minnesota. So nice. I think it's like 150 miles of highway. It so goes all the way up to the Canada border. This um, motorcycle trip we're talking about mm-hmm. goes Thunder Bay is like this this guy who told me about the ride. That's his favorite spot, I guess. His favorite segment of views and whatnot on the Canadian side. But the highways go all the way around um, Lake Superior. Oh, really? So, I mean, you cross the bridge mm-hmm. at... Mackinac. Mackinac, thank you. And then you go all the way down to our friends in Michigan, all the way around here, all the way up north to Thunder Bay. Mm. It's all continuous. Cool. Beautiful. Supposedly beautiful. Lots of lighthouses. That's lots of lighthouses. You guys wouldn't want me along because I'd be stopping you every yeah, as like long as 20 there's, minutes. Here's this guy's name is Merrick. And as long as there's espresso somewhere near the lighthouses, he would be thrilled. <laughs> he can't have that much espresso. Oh, he can. <laughs> There's another name for this highway. There's three different names. There's another one. Um, I think I wrote it later on, so I'll get to it. But the first head keeper of Split Rock was Orin Young, and he had two assistants, Edward Sexton and Roy Gill. And unfortunately, both of the assistants died within two months of the station opening because they overturned in their boat. Suspect. Oh, they died together? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, and from the sound of it they never found their bodies so it's like <sighs> assumed dead lake superior got him i know just ate him right up that sucks it's always awful story especially It'd assistant be a terrible keepers. way to die yeah they were going to beaver bay and they found their overturned boat like the next day how far is it away like motorized boat or <sighs> no rowboat well maybe i don't know probably i mean probably in the 1900s apparently the waves can turn in a second so that you kind of can't predict they had to replace the keep um, the assistant keepers really quickly. I think there was no notes written on them, so yeah, you gotta wonder why there's two job openings. Yeah, it's like why? Why would happen? <laughs> <laughs> In 1916, a tramway was built so they could finally stop hauling stuff up the side of the light, um, the side of the cliff. Smart. And I have a photo of it. Okay, <laughs> I'm all over the place. A gasoline 
engine pulled a cart up like this track from mm-hmm. like a boat and landing um dock yeah <laughs> platform area up closer to the lighthouse and then they would unhook the cart and push it the rest of the way to the lighthouse but i'm pretty sure it was only like five minutes away oh my gosh so, isn't that crazy this is so cool this photo if you're listening shows like a super steep incline yeah i don't even know how far it's like a do you know how coaster. far it is did it say a, a why a ways a wise Man, if anything ever cut loose on there, if your rope ever broke oh, or it something. Would come, it would just smash into this little boathouse. She'd be gone to the Superior. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. pretty neat. We had a similar, um, I didn't get a good photo like this, but um, Triangle Lighthouse. Yeah. Had Triangle Island Lighthouse up uh, northwest, west of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, had a similar description of how they hauled their materials up. Yeah. And it was like. I want to say it was half a mile. It was really yeah. far from the low point where the water was to the very extreme high mm-hmm. point of that island. Where Flan the and Nile had was. one too. It did. Mm-hmm. So it's not the first time, but really we interesting. talked about it a couple times, I think. Oh, the mystery. That's right. Yeah. So Keeper Young resigned in 1928 and handed it off to his first assistant, Franklin Cavell, who had served a total of seven years there as an assistant, like in an assistant position. And originally... I saw that he, so the seven years was like split up over a couple different stints. And originally I saw he worked at Split Rock as second assistant, moved to 14 Mile Point as first assistant, Mm -hmm. and then moved again to Two Harbors and was demoted to second assistant. And I was like, oh. It's a tumultuous career. Yeah. My first thought was just like, oh, he couldn't handle first assistant duties. And then I read more up. They had a um, keeper bio on their Facebook. Minnesota Historical Society has ownership of this lighthouse now and they did a keeper bio for this guy and the reason was that his daughter marjorie had tuberculosis and so he took any job he could get at a lighthouse closer to where she was in the hospital Uh i was like bro i just automatically assumed he was stinking at his job he was doing it for his child yeah that sucks stinks he had seven children with his wife edith three of which sadly died including marjorie do you know how old she was she's pretty young i think yeah. toddler stage that sucks her the other two were um sudden infant death syndrome or whatever it's called Seeds. he retired from service in 1944 so he worked at the lighthouse for like a solid well he worked around seven years in the beginning and then worked a consistent like 15 years after yeah. that as first um as head keeper and he moved closer to family after that because edith had parkinson's disease mm. so they have lots of writings about this time at Split Rock from his children because he raised all of his kids. Well, not all of them, but he raised a lot of his kids on Split Rock. And they have like really nice things to say. One about the station, even though it was like in the winter, it was very unforgiving. You know, (laughs) the stories are so fun when they talk about, you can like get seawater all the way up to the top of the cliff. Like, wow, my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. So they have some crazy stories, but mostly about their dad, they said that he was very fair and never made the assistants do anything he wouldn't do. And he would often ski to the bus stop with his daughter. First of all, ski to the bus stop. That's so baller. <laughs> I'm like, this is Minnesota for you. I wonder if it was flatland. Must have been cross country ski. Mm, yeah. And the bus stop. Where would they pick her up? Yeah, let me just get on the bus with my skis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably had to go quite a ways. But she would do that with her so that he could make sure that she made it safely. 
And then he would also hunt and trap wildlife like during the winter to provide food for his family. So it's kind of crazy. That's awesome. Sounds like a cool dude. I know. And originally, Keepers left the station in December and returned in May, which his kids wrote they had like a big problem with it because they had to switch schools like twice a year. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until 1931 that they were allowed to stay all year long. So this was like during his watch that they got to stay all year instead of having to clear out in December. So that was nice. So there was settlement nearby to have kids go to school. Yeah. I want to say Two Harbors was like a 20 minute drive or something from here. Yeah. 26 minutes. Two Harbors is 26 minutes away. And Two Harbors is one of, they have a lighthouse over there and it's one of the ones that were, what that was in, um, what's it called? Forrest Gump? No, no, uh, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one, there's only one in there. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, the United States Lighthouse Service auction. Oh, so you can stay at it and it looks very nice. It's actually the basis of why I was going to pitch to Harbors for one of our trips. Oh, but now I'm questioning it because I put all this research into Cape Cod and it's like everything I want in a vacation. So now I'm like, you just want to be done. Yeah. But I'm also, now I have high expectations and I'm like, if I can't visit 15 lighthouses, then why would I want to go there? (laughs) Well, I'm okay with just one. As long as it's a no, yeah, I'm vetoing any trip that you suggest. We just hit one lighthouse. I have zero stamps in my passport. Oh my gosh, lighthouse. Let's table this discussion for an upcoming episode. (laughs) Well, keep that in mind on lighthouse tourism. (laughs) You sounded like hosted by Vince Bailey. You're gonna host the tourism. Yeah, it's on my list. I'm gonna be talking just as much as you. That's great. It's gonna be a good episode. We might do a late night episode on that one. Late night, like drinks? Yeah, like wine instead of coffee. Oh, I don't really like wine. <sighs> Long Islands instead of coffee. Oh, Very yeah. nautical of us. I would be down for that. So anyway, I've derailed the moment. Back to Split Rock. What back to is Split happening? Rock. I saw the, na- the other name for the highway is Lake Superior International Highway. So nice. there's that. That was completed in 1924 and started bringing lots of visitors to the lighthouse. Just putting up another photo. In 1935, Keeper Cavell received these instructions from the service. Quote, this is a show station in the lighthouse service, and mm-hmm. visitors should be encouraged to visit the lighthouse and see the lens and other mechanism as st- at stated periods, which are indicated on the sign placed at the entrance of the station. The office recognizes that the public is not always considerate, but many of the visiting public are thoughtful of the rights of the keepers, and these should not be penalized for their earnest efforts to see the light stations when on tourist trips or otherwise, end quote. Hmm. It kind of makes me realize how we take for granted that we can see lighthouses. Like we can yeah, go we and have access. Like, yeah, yeah. That it's a museum and you pay and you can climb it. And think about how annoying this was for the keepers. Like they're not just at work and people are showing up. They're at their home. Their whole family is there, all their kids. There's, I mean, moms give birth in the keeper's cottage. So crazy. I know. And then people are just like showing up, like, I want to see it. It's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and it like and what started that where people just started showing up uninvited, being like, We we're tourists, we just want to see it. Yeah. Nowadays it's totally normal. Like you're not interrupting anybody's life by showing up at the lighthouse and do you pay. You, do you remember <laughs> recently we talked about the ladies the 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 mayor's party that came from oh, yes. Astoria to go visit the lighthouse? Mm-hmm. And it was like an event. Like they took pictures yeah. sitting on the cannon and 
we're here yeah. observing. Now we can, you know, like we did, we booked an entire trip to go see Outer Banks and yeah. series of lighthouses. And you're right. There's like, especially, um, what was the, the one in Florida? My memory is awful. We talked about, there's part of the Smithsonian Museum Society. St. Augustine. Yes. Thank you. St. Augustine, Florida. Like not only can you go see so many events, they've got, you got to check it out. It's yeah. really cool. But also the website, like to have access to the information, including what we're doing now mm-hmm. and photos. And it's really cool, yeah. especially because, you know, like you're right. At one time it was someone's house. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're being inspected, like white glove inspected. Yeah. So they you have to. You don't want people walking through. You don't want people walking station. through. Yeah, you, you're held to high standards. You don't want people messing it up. But anyway, so he got told by the lighthouse service that he was like, they're like, be nice to these people. We <laughs> want people to see our lighthouses and be excited and learn about them. So yeah, he just had to make that sacrifice for all the people. And in 1938, almost 28,000 people signed the station's log as like coming and showing up. That's cool. Which is a lot for yeah. 1938. It's pretty solid. A year later, they added a third assistant position to just to assist with all the visitors. Because you could think about how that would add so much to your job, having to entertain people who come. Like, you're doing a job. You're not. Yeah. You're never sitting down just like hanging out. Sure, I'll show you around. It's like elbowing people out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I got to refill the oil. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that role looked like like i think about my grand my grandpa and my dad <clears throat> my dad would talk about traveling they lived on the west coast to go camping or whatever yeah they'd bring multiple fan belts for the engine for the car because they would pretty much be guaranteed to break a fan belt just as part of a road trip and they would change tires all the time and like to to show up at someone's house around dinner time or lunchtime or breakfast, any mealtime was like extremely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It was like a big faux pas. So now t- take that same mindset and apply it to tourism in general. Like you're going to show up to the lighthouse and see if they're open on the front sign yeah. after driving how far and like, are there tours every half of an hour? No. Is there like a movie playing? No. Like yeah. this, like you said, this third keeper assistant, they'd have to, yeah. It'd be tough. That was their that was their whole their whole thing was now being like a tour guide for visitors. So cool. A year after that, in nineteen forty, the station was electrified and by the first of the year in nineteen sixty nine the station was decommissioned and deserted. So it sat wow. yeah, it sat untouched for like two years before it was transferred to the state of Minnesota. Okay. And then a few years after that, since 1976, the Minnesota Historical Society has been restoring it to its 1920s era. Cool. And that's the picture that I have pulled up right now is that uh, updated lighthouse. They take really good care of it. And they get tons and tons of visitors each year. So it kind of pays off, I think, or, or at least pays for itself. But I've seen limestone. I think it's limestone, like the base before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen that... Um, Pale brick. What do we call it? We called it something before. Buff. Buff. Mm-hmm. It's a buff color. I don't yeah, know if I've like seen it on these type of, on all three buildings that are shown. Yeah. Light peachy color. I think this lighthouse is the most popular historical site in Minnesota. It has like 116,000 visitors every year. Wow. Really cool. Glad someone's taking care of it. Yeah. 
It still has the original Fresnel lens in the lantern room, so you can like go up and actually see it. And it has like all the clockwork weight still in connected, so you can see how it works. And it only runs once a year on November 10th, and that's for the Edmund Fitzgerald Beacon Lighting Ceremony. And the Edmund Fitzgerald was a freighter. It's It was the SS Edmund Fitzgerald, which sunk outside the current side of the lighthouse before it was built during that storm, the Matafa. Do you know the famous song? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I... If, I, you, if you did not, we'd have to. We could play it. There's a short little section, right? Yeah. But it's just, a, it commemorates that ship and all the others that sunk during that storm. So November 10th, they do a moment of silence in which all the names of the crew members are read to a ship's toll. And they called that the muster of the last watch. And then after the final toll, the lighthouse is lit and visitors are welcome to climb and see the light up close. So you can like go into the lantern room as the light is on. November 10th? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be a real rough time of year? It would be I quite mean, chilly. That makes sense why the ship sank. Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh, cool. Yeah. So is I'm looking at this picture. Is the back of the lighthouse blanked off and then the front facing the waterfront is open? Yeah, yeah. This is the back of the lighthouse in but, this picture. But I mean the lantern room itself. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's what I, I thought the first picture I saw, I thought I saw part of it was blanked. A lot of trees back there, so I'm not surprised they Don't want to set them on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Signal to the trees. Crazy. Cool. 2011, it was made a National Historic Landmark, and that was the 12th lighthouse to be given that distinction. And the only one wow. that was after that was um, Montauk Lighthouse. Montauk Point. Yeah. I need a list of our episodes now that we're at 44. Well, you can go to our map. <laughs> <laughs> the map. Check our map. That's Split Rock Lighthouse. Very popular, very well known. I think one of the most photographed lighthouses in the United States because of its surrounding terrain and everything. It's really pretty. Yeah. That'd be a cool spot to visit. Yeah. Oh, and earlier that 116,000, that's paying people. So people that pay to come in and check out the lighthouse. But Split Rock, oh, what's it called? Area. Mm -hmm. It's um a reserve or something. That whole area ha is like hiking. Like okay. You can park and yeah. hike, and there's like a little bit of a hike that goes down to the water where that picture was taken, like okay. where you can see the whole cliff and the lighthouse on the side. And so that's not even counting the people who visit just to like look around the area, not just the lighthouse. Wow. I forget that people can just happen to be next to a lighthouse and not be like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. They're like, oh, cool, a lighthouse. But then well, they do whatever they're passionate about, like hiking or yeah. fishing or whatever. And like, oh, neat. The Outer Banks. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't. It's the one trip we took, right? But like, that's what we were there for, mm -hmm. was to see the lighthouses and then also enjoy. We went, played nine holes. We went to the beach, collected yeah. shells. We did stuff like that. Um, but it was kind of funny to me. That was a super potent lighthouse culture area. Yeah, definitely. But also seen through the lens of us, that's what we're going for. Mm -hmm. I wonder, like people who went to Ocracoke, what percent of them went to see the lighthouse? Yeah. And like 10, 10, a lot of 30, time you're 15? like, Oh cool. There's an Island. We can go there. And it's like things to do on the Island. And one of them is to go see the lighthouse. Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking a lot of people would just be like, no. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like you go to Western Europe and you know, what is there to do in every city? Like in Germany, every city, there's a church you got to see. Mm -hmm. There's a bridge you got to see. And there's some world war two thing that yeah. happened <laughs> literally every city there's the same three things and they're all really cool mm -hmm. but lighthouses are all unique i'm a yeah. big fan we love them we're big fans here at the lighthouse lowdown lighthouse lowdown 
Well, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Everyone needs to go check out our map on the website. I worked really hard on it. It took me like an hour. Is that all? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I was way slower than you. It looks really good. It's very cool. Yeah, it's fun, interactive little map. We'll have to add old Mackinac on there and add our split rock. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. We got another review and another two lighthouse suggestions just in the past couple of days. So that's kind of fun. I added them to our list. So. We can do that. But thank you for reaching out. Everyone, send us a voicemail. Send us an email. We love to get communication from you guys. And leave us a review if you liked listening to this podcast. Because we love reading what people have to say about it. Unless you don't like it, then get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh. you can check us out on Instagram at The Lighthouse Lowdown, where we post pictures of all of our lighthouses. And you can check us out on YouTube and LinkedIn. We got... You know, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find us there. All over the place. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll catch you next time on The Lighthouse Lowdown. <laughs>